Hi. Hello. I'm Katerina. And you've just joined Creators Abroad's podcast. Are you ready to take risks? Find opportunities and spark your imagination? That's why I'm here. To be part of your creative journey. And share tips with you on how to build a new life anywhere in the world. And most importantly, make a living as a creator. To do that, I invite awesome creatives from all walks of life and corners of the globe to discuss one important topic close to our hearts. In studio today is Nadeja, who moved from Brazil to the States to the UK, the Northeast to be precise, where she decided to start a music career and she's winging it. Her music is the surreal combination of melodic pop with vocals that cut through everything around you. Its natural beauty and vulnerability really struck me. And so today we're going to talk about that. Vulnerability. How to be us in the work we create. How it will help us in our career. And how we then present it all online. Which can be very scary sometimes. What do we need to be comfortable in our own skins and put ourselves out there? What sometimes stops us from doing that? Let's find out. Before we get started, a quick reminder that I love hearing from listeners on where they are at in their creative journeys, because we're all at different stages, no doubt. What do you feel is holding you back at this moment? And what are your most pressing questions? This will help me structure future episodes to what you need most. This time around, I just want to say thank you to Ishan, who's been following along for a while. He studied digital marketing in Newcastle, and we had a chat about where's the best place to do work as a digital marketer in England. And now he has an internship in London. I kind of said it's the big city. So I hope you're enjoying life in the big smoke. And well, let's get to this interview. Welcome to the show, Nadeja. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was a really nice introduction. Like I'm, I just, I feel honored. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for being here. Okay, so we're going to get a quick introduction from you and this is going to be in the style of a film trailer to give our listeners an idea of who you are 30 seconds <laughs> pressure's on <laughs> tell us all about you it's the film's called Nadeja by the way obviously <laughs> I lived the majority of my life in Brazil I grew up there but I always had this big desire of seeing the world and learning a different language and doing something different and I applied for a scholarship to go to the U.S. and study in an American um, university in Kansas State, and I got it. So I moved there, and I thought it was going to be just one year abroad, and it ended up doing so much more than that because I met my husband there, and we kind of had to come back to our countries and just dated distance. We had a distance relationship for a while, and then eventually I decided to move to the UK so I just packed everything and brought my dog with me and just started having you know making a life here and just exploring the possibility of actually following my dream as a musician and as a songwriter and that's what I do nowadays so yeah well I'm really excited to hear more about your journey scene one support structures Okay, so let's start at the beginning. You 
Obviously, you, you lived in a couple of different countries, Brazil, North America, and now um, the UK. Can you give us a brief overview of basically what did you study, perhaps, like your life before the UK, and then just the one main reason why you moved? Like, what was that decision that made you say, okay, well, I'm just going to try it, build a yeah. new life? Because it's a scary decision. Like, I know loads of people who go like, oh, I want to move there, I want to move there. And it's like, they just never do it. <laughs> That's true. So in Brazil, I was going to uni studying design. I was studying architecture and urban planning and design. And I just had a pretty normal life in terms, you know, just kind of growing up in my hometown and going to school and being a... I was actually a very good student and really had good grades and all of that. <laughs> and my parents just kind of imagined that I was going to follow a very academic kind of path. And that was what I was set to do. And in my head, it was only that possibility for a while until I... But then the thing is, like, I always wanted to move out of Brazil to have just the experience of living abroad. That's something I've always wanted to do. And I just kept trying to find ways of doing that. Like mm -hmm. I literally would f search for everything I could. I remember when I was 15, I asked my dad to do a month kind of English course in the UK um, as like my 15th. Because in Brazil, when you're 15, is like a big birthday. Yeah. So I was like my 15th birthday gift is I please let me go study English in England for a month and he was like no you're too young <laughs> so I, I couldn't do it but yeah eventually I just um, I had this opportunity of applying for a scholarship that the government was offering to pretty much all students that were in public universities in Brazil and I applied for that and I just started then I went to the US it was pretty crazy because I just I couldn't really pick where to go it was a scholarship that you picked the country you wanted to go to oh, right. and you couldn't really pick like where inside the country you just you could say oh I would like to study at this place or maybe that place so I put a bunch of like I wanted to go to um like San Francisco and <laughs> Yeah, big I know. places. I was so excited, but then I eventually they just put me in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. That's what they normally do. That's how you, <laughs> they get you. Because I had exactly the same thing in France. So I applied for a job there. It was like a kind of a program where you get to teach English, and they're like, you can select where you want to go. So I was choosing all these nice little tourist places. Like I didn't even bother with Paris because I knew I wasn't going to go there. And then they put me right to the north, like n absolutely nothing there. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like at first I was like, oh, okay, this is different. But it ended up being really good because I met like a lot of really good friends that I'm still really good friends with. Mm -hmm. And then I met Adam. So it was ended up being like a really good thing that they put me there. It was pure luck. Yeah. Um, yeah so, well, we'll be talking about vulnerability. So I'm just thinking like this topic in order for us to really be ourselves, to really show the vulnerable side of ourselves. And we haven't really touched on support structures yet, but obviously where you've grow, grew up in Brazil, you had your family, friends, you, you grew up there. So you knew a lot of people and then moving to the north or not like just 
North America, I don't know, you didn't say exactly where it was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you probably didn't have that same structure, although you probably kept touch with people and then moving to the UK again. Now, having that strong sense of people are going to back you, are going to cheer you on, that makes it easier for us as like artists and creatives to actually just put our work out there and especially to put genuine work out there, not like a copy of some what somebody else did because we're too scared to just reveal what we want to create. Now, first of all, what does support mean to you? It literally means everything. It's something that for me, it's like the most important thing um, in terms of the connection that I feel with my family, with my friends in all these different places, but especially at home. It's like, it's something that gets me through my day almost like as someone that lives in another place. Because if I felt like that connection was not there anymore, like making this choice was like giving up a part of me in a way, which I thought it could be like that at the beginning, mm-hmm. then I think that would really make it hard to, to to handle everything, to feel confident and happy and, and just, you know, be able to actually enjoy my life here. Um, whereas like my family and I are really close and my friends as well. Like I have friends that I talk literally every day, like every single day we say mm. good morning. Are these like, <laughs> just like good morning? Yeah, I say good morning. What are is, you doing today? <laughs> is this back in Brazil or is this in the UK. So, no, yeah, so this friends are in Brazil. Because I can't imagine <laughs> me messaging our English friend, good morning, I'll be like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> true. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. So, yeah, so in Brazil, yeah, I have a few friends that we just say, we talk every day. And my parents as well. And if I don't answer, if I'm not like constantly online with my family, they immediately think something really bad happened. Like mm-hmm. the other day, I wasn't in a mood and I to look at my phone and I just decided I'm going to have one day without looking at my phone. And I was like, just in the zone, in my house, watching movies, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And I put my phone away and my parents were literally about to call the embassy. Like they were about <laughs> to call the embassy. I was like, it was just one day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's the difference because I think we all have different parents well that's a fact yeah and depending on how much support you do get so you're in a a lucky position where you actually have a very supportive family and I suppose that's helped you throughout your whole journey as well is this a Brazilian thing or is this just it depends depends on the, the person I think overall um yeah, I think Brazilians tend to have very kind of Latin families. Yeah. Tend to be kind of like warm and almost like don't respect each other's spaces because yeah. it's like there is no limit between people. Like people just, you know, are happy to <laughs> invade your life <laughs> completely. So there's like the good and the bad sides of that. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a Latin thing, definitely. But obviously everything depends. Like I imagine that there will be families like this here or anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, definitely the culture is a bit more like that, I would say. But not necessarily is it's a rule. But I think like support doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, like you said, I'm in a lucky position where my family is like that and my friends. Mm-hmm. But it's also like something that you can build. Um, sometimes you might not have support from the family that you were born into, but you might find that family in your life with the people that you, you know, that you come across in life and become your friends. And they can be th- that pe- those people to you. Like they yeah. can find you, um, I don't know, help you find that 
support and feel like you are loved and and like you are able to express yourself. So I think it's just a way of, I don't know, I guess being vulnerable helps with that, with connecting with people, mm -hmm. regardless of like you having a big history with them or you just meeting them when you're older in your life in a different place or a different um, time in your life, I suppose. Yeah. And I think that's an important point you made that it's not necessarily just about the support structures that you already have in place because sometimes you don't have them. It's about knowing the skills to build something new. Um, and even it doesn't have to be loads of people. It doesn't have to be like 30 people going, yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. no, yeah, good no. morning, good morning. <laughs> um, it can just be like a couple of people that make so much of a difference. So it, but it's definitely a key part. Now, thinking about the importance of that support structure, do you f sometimes find that it has like a make or break factor in our experience as artists and creatives um, and sometimes when we don't have it or if we just don't feel like we do we hold back we don't put our work and then it's kind of like an escalating effect because the more you hold back the less you are yourself the less people are going to connect with you anyway and then yeah. you're not going to get a support like it's like this snowball effect kind of thing so what do you, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think definitely. So I I don't know about like make or break. I don't know how you said something like that. Yeah, make or break. So <laughs> if you, because like for a long time, if I have to use my own life as an example, and I do have support of like parents and so on, they're not maybe as involved. Like we've got a very business-like interactions. <laughs> <laughs> so for them, it's all about like, okay, what's the plan? Where are you going? What are you doing? So if you, for a long time, I was like, okay, what's the plan? Where am I going? What am I doing? You see, so it was kind of whole held me back in the sense that, and like, it's just reality. Loads of parents can be like that or loads of people yeah, that it holds us back. So that's make or break. And for some people, they just never get out of it. They're always in the mentality that I do. I just need to real job and have a plan and be very Tradition. Yeah, just like, yeah, I see what you yeah. mean. I think definitely has a big impact. Um, yeah, because even with me, um, when you were talking, I kind of I kind of thought about it properly. And like, even for me, with a family that is quite supportive, because my life was so academic and like the way that my parents are and our family is, is um, they just had this kind of like life of, you know, my mom, it's a teacher in a university mm. and my dad was like a lawyer and just, they had this really kind of like study and, you know, academic really life. So I thought that that was what I was going to do because I was also quite good at it in a way. Like I was a good mm. student and I had that sense of, you know, I, I am good at art and I'm good at, at being creative, but in my head, because of how I was brought up, it was like a hobby. And it took me to have other people telling me kind of, no, but look, this is what you actually love. This is what you're actually really good at. So that support and that awareness kind of was really important for me to make that decision. So like you said, um, definitely having a support, the support of people around you, independently of who they actually are, can make a huge difference in to feeling like brave enough to make those decisions. I do think though that overall it's always a conversation as well with yourself that you need to have. Yeah. Like I've been in therapy for a long time and one of the things that my psychologist pointed out to me was that every time I talked about 
my life in terms of like how I ended up doing music. I used to talk about it as if I did this and then I did that and it kind of led me to it and it kind of felt natural. Mm -hmm, Like I would say like that and she was like, the truth is from the moment you were a kid, that was your dream and you chose that indirectly. You were searching for ways to do it indirectly in like in different in different moments of your life you made you make it you made it happen in a certain way because that was what actually was going on so accepting that that was you know having the that moment where I had to realize that conversation with myself that it was like actually yeah I I want this it's what I actually want and I worked really hard for it directly and indirectly like it's just yeah definitely support is very important but also that support that you have in yourself like sometimes you just need to have a conversation with yourself as well Mm -hmm. of realizing you know this is what I actually want scene two the power of being vulnerable now on to the career part like the music inspiration, the love of music, and how you eventually built a career in a foreign country. You say that you like songwriting was always in the back of your life, and you mentioned that just now. Now, you pursued other careers for reasons we've already discussed, but can you maybe just elaborate on which career in particular and why? What was the moment or like that thought process that made you decide, okay, well, I'm in a foreign country, I can get a stable job or I can try this thing. Yeah. Okay. I so yeah, I was I was in the career of design and architecture. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like the right thing because it was still kind of like a traditional kind of thing, if you know what I mean, like a traditional path, but it still involved a lot of creativity in it. And I really found that I really enjoy it. Like I enjoy seeing the world in that kind of frame when you are creative in like a visual sense. Um, I really enjoyed visualizing things that way and imagining spaces and designing things. It was just something that I really enjoyed. But it never felt the way that music feels though. Like it was... Mm -hmm. It felt like something that I could do, but not something that I would love as much as I love music, as much as I love using those skills to do music. But yeah, but it felt like I needed to do it because it was like a stable kind of career. I have an uncle that is an architect in Brazil and he's quite established and I was already kind of working in his office as well as going to uni. And it just the whole thing was kind of like going one direction, if you know what I mean. But when I moved to the UK, um, the thing is, I always had that question though. Even doing all of that, I always had that little question in the back of my head. What if I did music? What if I put music out? What if I tried this? It, I just, yeah, I just didn't feel 100% ready for it. And also because songwriting was something that I did since a very young age, mm-hmm. it was something that I kept for myself. And I kept like my little kind of secret in a way of like, I don't know, it was so private. It was hard to imagine that that would suddenly become a job. And I was scared that I would get tired of it or that I would lose it if it wasn't that thing that I did because I loved it. If you know what I mean? When it becomes your job, you're kind of like, 
start questioning. I don't know. I was just scared that that could happen, but it didn't really happen.、Mm. Um, the opposite happened. <laughs> but yeah, a, a lot of a lot of questions, definitely a lot of doubts. And then eventually, when I moved here, and I realized that for me to con- like continue the design path, I would have to pretty much start from the beginning because. I couldn't really use all the stuff, all those years of studying. I would have to kind of try to validate the the courses that I did into a uni here, or maybe just like、um, pretty much start the degree, the degree from the beginning、mm-hmm. and learn how things are done here. Because there's always a lot of difference as well in that career、mm-hmm. in different places. You know, design works differently. So I was like, wow, if I have to start like. Do I actually want to do this?、Yeah. So that was like when I started questioning, but I was still quite quite scared. The idea of like making something that I love so much, that is so fundamental to me, into my career was a scary thing. The idea that I could lose it in a way, in my head, I thought I could lose it, and then, but then I remember a friend telling me there are so many people that I don't know, even in Brazil, like. That will go so far, and go through so much difficulty to I don't know, just get to school or go to uni, and there's so much poverty and so much difficulty in Brazil、yeah. that you kind of he was like, like just go for it, like just don't don't miss this opportunity that you have.、Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who don't have that chance, and like you need to grab it and just make it work. And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Like I just felt like he gave me that pep talk. Like you, <laughs> he、yeah. kind of fired up, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this.、Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be this hard to just go for it." Ah,、oh, it's not hard at all. <laughs> We were just talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those、um, important truths that very few people agree on. It's、yeah. really easy to do music. <laughs> that, this is all sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> True. Yeah, so I mean, I totally get what you said about when you have that thing that you really want to do. So for me, it was writing. Like I think it was like eight or something, and I started writing s- stories. At like twelve, I wrote a novel that I gave to my English teacher, and she was like, "Oh, I'll read your books one day." And then you just give it up because it's so personal, and it really is like that's you. That's that's what we're talking about. That's the person. Um, you just put pour it all out, and there's like no barriers or anything. And even though it's a story that's maybe about something else, and then you feel weird about making that a job or putting that into a public sphere where people can start commenting and liking and disliking it. Unfortunately, this all happens because that's what what happens when you put something out there. So I was just wondering because I went the stable job route. This is why I'm always fascinated by this question and to get somebody else's insight into it. What do you think holds musicians and artists back? Like the one key thing is it like the fear of failure, or is it the fear of people not liking what they're doing, or is it you know? I think maybe the idea that you have to be so brave to do that, like, like it's so it's like a choice that is like. Out of the box, that is different and risky and difficult and like like you can't see the stability there, and that lack of support and the way that people see it in society is like from the beginning, even as a as a kid, sometimes 
you just kind of, you were told that that is how it is. Like that's, you know, a career like that is like that. So I really believe that if, if it was just like choosing any other job that feels like stable, that looks stable, that is valued in like, I don't know, in society and in life and in the world, if it wasn't so kind of crazy how it is in the way that like the idea that for you to make it, you need to be super famous or you are a failure. Mm -hmm. That discrepancy as well is a a big problem I see. So all of these things kind of hold musicians back a lot. The idea that their lives will be so unstable and and that people will always think that they don't actually have a job. (laughs) I know, it's a big fallacy. (laughs) Oh, you don't have a real job. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's... And also just the idea that for them to be musicians and be successful, the idea of success is such a high standard and it's so competitive. Mm-hmm. So it's like any other job, you don't feel successful just if you are the CEO of a company, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You can you can still be successful in a, like an okay level, whereas like for us, we need to make it to be successful. Yeah, That is something that... I really think that should be reshaped and like rethought and just re giving a new meaning to it almost because that sense of failure every time we don't hit a target is what kind of really puts down a lot of musicians in terms of their mental health and everything dealing with that feeling that if you don't hit those targets you are a failure Um, it's a really difficult thing to handle so yeah I think those are the things that hold people back but I do hope though that people realize that it doesn't have to be that way that those are not fundamental truths about the job if you know what I mean it's it's a viable career and it can be balanced and it can be healthy you just kind of have to like I said think of it in different ways in different perspectives yeah and this is part of the reason why I do these interviews in this podcast is because I want to shape it in that way that to show people like you can actually if you just like get your head together and don't just focus on being super famous like it's the same in the content creator world like podcasting and YouTubing you like people definitely don't think of being like being a YouTuber is a job yet although it is but it's once again that discrepancy you're either like super famous got millions of follow like subscribers or you don't but the thing is you can actually build it and it's having the skill sets to build it in the right way and the confidence, of course. So those are really important points that you raised. Thank you. Now, taking the conversation a little bit back to vulnerability, the reason why it's so important in art and in creative work is obviously because the thing about the work we put out, even though it's not like the next cure for some kind of you know disease or treatment or it's not scientific it's just something people consume but then that consumption normally talks to their own emotions so the raw emotions but you can't talk to someone else's emotions you can't really make that connection if you don't actually put your emotions into the work because otherwise it's this kind of sterile dead piece of art so that's where the thing comes in so we really have to have the bravery to do that in the first place and if we do it well then somebody else is going to pick up on it how do you embrace the power of vulnerability in your music 
I embrace it so fully, <laughs> like completely. I'm 100% vulnerable all the time with my music. It's just the way that I process my feelings. Sometimes I don't even know how I feel fully until I'm writing. And then I know that that's what I feel at that moment. Mm-hmm. It helps me. It's it's almost like a diary, really. Like the songs, it's just conversations that I have with myself with how I feel and reflections on the life and that I'm having, that I'm dealing, the things that I'm dealing with at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, people think of it like it's funny how they try to kind of guess what you're talking about, but sometimes it's like completely <laughs> different from what they think. Yeah. Um, but overall, there is always an element of truth. Like even when you are thinking, even if I'm writing something and I have like, and I, you know, I can be maybe co-writing with someone and then we think, oh, we want to write a song that talks about this. We're always thinking of that subject in our perspective and we're always using something that we know and, and experiences that we've had in that song. So it's it always comes like it's always a personal thing. I think that is so important. Like recently I've been reading a lot about vulnerability and the power of that, like just mm-hmm. like you said, yeah. Um because people tend to think that vulnerability is like they tend to kind of make it as like the same meaning of like weak or fragile like being vulnerable is being fragile when i i actually think is like the opposite i think if you are vulnerable you're exposing a lot of the real truth like a lot of what you feel and that takes a lot of strength to do because there is no masks like you can be putting yourself in a position that people will might judge, like I said. Um, and that takes a lot of strength. So definitely something to do when you feel like you have that strength, like you feel strong enough to do. Mm-hmm. Definitely prepare yourself for it. But once you embrace that, it's such an amazing thing to do because you just realize that life can be so much easier when you're just yourself, like when you're just doing things that make you happy. When you're not thinking of what other people are thinking and I don't know there is just so much power in that um I definitely get a real sense of empowerment with vulnerability and that is how I embrace it in my music I think it's just essential to what I do and I mean (laughs) the interesting point now is to ask if there is ever a cutoff point for you because I mean there is the sense of being vulnerable of being ourselves of and by vulnerable, it, it's like you say, it's not being fragile, being like weak, crying every day on social media or something like that. It's just like saying, OK, well, you know, things went wrong. Um, I'm not always perfect. That kind of thing. Just being yourself. Like, um, But is there a moment when you think it's just, you know, keep it to yourself? <laughs> like we yeah. don't want to know. <laughs> I think... I think it's like a balance of figuring out when you need to put yourself first. Even being vulnerable in that way, like understanding your limits, it's definitely something that you need to learn to do when you are like working with a lot of things that you put out there and people are constantly watching Mm -hmm. and paying attention to and analyzing it. Um, So you definitely have to have that balance of sometimes you need to just just be with yourself and like re- like rethink everything or just just have a moment to be in the zone I always like I was doing this kind of mind map thing 
the other day and I realized that I go through this. Well, everybody probably goes through this anyways, but it's like there is always like that chaos moment and then the settling moment and then the joyful moment into how my process of creativity, you know, my process of being creative works. Mm -hmm. And it's like when things are kind of chaotic, I feel like I don't have the time to really process anything and things are just not going to plan. And sometimes I feel like, yeah, I can share this. Sometimes I feel like, no, it's just too much. But there is always that settling moment that comes after that and that I'm learning from it. And sometimes that's the moment that I will be kind of the most kind of just a bit in my cocoon. Yeah. I'm not really wanting to, to see anyone or do anything. It's just my time of learning it. So that's, I think that's the balance. So then I can be joyful again. So I can share things again. So I can be happy again. And it's not necessarily that you are hiding who you are, that you're hiding that things are not good. It's just that sometimes you need that moment, that space. Where it's not all out in the open. Yeah, where it's not all, yeah. My day's going shit again. Yeah. (laughs) Once again, why do I keep sharing this? Yeah. Yeah. Depends on the day, depends on how you feel, how how kind of stable emotionally you feel to be sharing all of it. But yeah, Yeah, just being honest with yourself overall is the, the main thing. And I think it's, I mean, it depends. Like I like a lot of art that or like writing and music and all that kind of stuff. That's quite depressing the whole time, but that's, <laughs> I don't know if that says something about me as a person, but so I suppose it's just always putting out what feels right for you um, and not pushing yourself to, to be vulnerable in the space, you know, like try and be what somebody else is doing, like do what somebody else is doing. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> be just, <laughs> just feel like do what feels natural and what you yeah. feel comfortable with. But that's so difficult. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Scene three. Is this really you? So taking this conversation one step further, when do we actually know we're pretending and when are we just ourselves? Because that in itself is something we have to navigate every single day. Just if you think about politeness, it's when we're polite, we're not always, <laughs> we're not always polite because we want to be. <laughs> just because we have to. So there are things that really hold us back. Let's start that um, from being ourselves naturally there are five things and i'm not going to pretend like i came up with these i just found them online i just googled (laughs) yeah so those five things imperfection and this is very true because i experience this all the time expectations worrying about what others think that's number three number four comparison and five uncertainty i think as far as a creative career or being a creative goes those are the things that we're constantly battling with now which of these five things get in the way most for you? I think for me, I would probably pick imperfection and expectations mostly out of the other ones because I tend to set really high expectations for things. Mm. (laughs) Um, for, For the things that I do, especially, I'm like my worst critic. I think everybody is their worst worst critic anyways. But I tend to have high expectations of things and I sometimes won't be very forgiving if things don't go that way. I won't be forgiving myself. I'll be like wanting to push it and push it and push it. So if things are not perfect, I want to push it. And the whole balance of like the things not being perfect and my expectation of them being perfect is what I struggle the most. Like just what's going on now, for example, putting a 
starting to do a campaign and because I'm an independent artist and I do everything by myself, I literally pour my soul into what I do. Like I will spend nights thinking about it, imagining how people receive it and, you know, creating content and creating the music, but also the visuals and thinking of the whole, like if I'm releasing a song, I'm thinking of the whole kind of identity of it as a, yeah. as a whole thing. I think of the mood and the, what I see when I close my eyes and I listen to it, um, everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's never an isolated thing. It's not just the music. It's just everything that comes with that song. And I'm like running a campaign, and I'm trying to be, get people to pre-save the song. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting as much as I like as many pre-saves as I hoped at this point. Mm-hmm. And I always have that question of like, do I push really hard so I get that number, or do I just understand that sometimes that won't happen? Mm-hmm. Because I tend to push it and I, tr- I tend to get what I want. <laughs> if that's what I do. I'm like a pusher, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But, but I'm learning now just how that can, a- after a long period of time, when you're doing something like this, when you're working with being basically self-employed and, and, and being an independent musician, that sometimes you can't just keep pushing yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to just kind of settle and understand that there are other things that are more important than that number and that goal um like giving yourself time to rest and giving yourself time to enjoy life to be with your friends to be with your family to I don't know to cook a nice meal and enjoy your (laughs) life a little bit so I'm learning now to identify when I'm pushing too Mm -hmm. hard and when I need to stop a little bit yeah yeah i mean i struggle with exactly the same thing i think it's just like once again these are all very reoccurring things in in a few interviews but also a few people that i know like what they struggle with and i definitely if you because you're doing what you love like i mean if you think about it you quit the nine to five job for like and this is actually from another thing i just recently saw like a meme for a 24 7 job <laughs> so you exactly like, that's so precise yeah because it's just like all consuming it's like there's never a downtime so it's really important to actually take that time because not only will that help just generally in your well-being and it will also give you a chance to, to reflect and get perspective on certain things that you might have thought was really important but then see the broader picture and know that even if you don't necessarily hit every single target, because I'm also a pusher, I'm like always like I have to get that number or I have to, whatever it might be, do this by this date or yeah. post my social media posts always at 11.42 every <laughs> single day. And I'm like, damn, it's 11.43. I missed it by a minute. Um, yeah, so it's really just if you take that time, you can see things in perspective and then make adjustments where necessary. Because, I mean, we do need to enjoy life. That's so important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly yeah. what we need to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so talking about social media. Um, now, this is just the reality of our life. And I've learned to or I've come to enjoy it because I'm now treating it maybe in a more relaxed way and not always thinking you know how many likes did I get or how many followers do I have it's more just about once again being you on your channel on whatever your channel is and using it as a force for good as cheesy as that sounds but the thing is it's still difficult like if you look at other people's 
platforms and even just on your own it's really hard when we we've gone from having that support structure to revealing our work putting our work out there now we have to do it on a social platform but there's still this big discrepancy between being kind of fake and being real and what that is because for instance we can put up a very very nice picture that we quickly put together and then have a nice caption so how much how do you actually navigate that and what do people expect and how does it help your career <laughs> sorry that was like bang 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 bang, bang. <laughs> tell us now <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy i've been learning as i go with social media because i used to use it as just a personal thing yeah. so and then it changed into slowly transition into becoming a place to share my music and then I had to add all the ones that I didn't have so I could also be yeah. present in those other places so suddenly it became this thing that kind of takes over a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of planning Tell me about it. <laughs> but I've learned a lot with like just being to different workshops or just talking to people about it the way that I see it that helps me the most nowadays it's like visualizing it as more as a community instead of like as a place where I need to achieve those numbers where I need to do certain things so for example I will be very kind of systematic with certain things mm -hmm. with posts sometimes I will want to prepare everything and literally write the captions and leave everything ready just at the moment that I need to post or that I set myself to post I will look and I'll just literally copy and paste and post it um, and then stay a little bit to interact with people a little bit at the beginning, but then also try to come out of it after I've done that, just because I noticed that I can obsess over it as soon as I post. So I'm like, the sooner I'm out of it, as soon as I post, the better for me, <laughs> where I can get on with my day and do all the things. But but yeah, but I did that, not because I, I think that you need to do that, but because I think that works for me the most. I lose a lot of time if I'm thinking of having like writing the captions or creating the content at the moment sometimes Sorry. can be tiring for me because I might not be feeling inspired. So when I feel inspired, I take loads of pictures and I do mm -hmm. loads of stuff so to cover from the moments that I just don't want to look at it or don't want to do much. Yeah. Like but for example with stories or tweets or something like that, I'm a bit more I'm, I'm actually more spontaneous. Like that's mm -hmm. my place to be spontaneous, to just like pick up the camera and talk to people a little bit and be actually spontaneous. Overall, I try to think of it as this community. So especially when I'm like on stories or just doing something quick, I try to think of, I'm not, it's not like, oh, all these people will be looking at this and judging me mm -hmm. and like thinking, oh my God, she thinks so highly of herself talking to her fans <laughs> but the thing is there will be th those people that might be on my socials um they are not the people that I'm communicating with the most like mm -hmm. the people that I'm focusing on are the people who want to see that and are part of that little community the people who are not only there but also on my mailing list but also the first people to listen to the songs the people who are messaging me daily every time I'm Every time I forget to, to do something, they're like, hey, you said you're going to, to you mm -hmm. know, where is the mailing list this month? Where is this? Where is that? Those people are the people that I want to be communicating with. Mm -hmm. And I try to think of them every time I'm doing things because it makes it easier. It can be five people 
Yeah. And that's enough. Like just those people that you know actually care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think of them and that way I feel more like inspired and happy to do it and more like being myself. Like because a lot of the times I'm actually I don't have a problem with being myself so much. It's just that I'm scared that people will judge that. Mm-hmm. And then I want to hold myself back. And that's my first reaction. And then immediately I'm like, no, 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 no. Because there is that person that would love to see this. And that is the person that I want to talk to. Yeah, it's so hard because we we really are programmed to think I need to get like at least, oh, I don't know, 100 views. I have more views. 100 is probably not even a lot. Um, it's not a lot. <laughs> or likes or whatever. But the thing is, and I did yesterday, I just did a live randomly it's the first time I did one on Instagram and it was just because of a whole the <laughs> catastrophe that happened with my episode I was like I can't just put a picture or do anything else I have to just like tell people normally and there was no one like list I could it was a random time when nobody knew I was going to do a live and I just wanted to do it and I think it's that connection it's just because you want to talk to somebody like it's the couple of people who is actually going to be there and listen so once you change your mindset it makes it so much easier and that is how you are just going to be you yeah because otherwise you're always going to want the perfect picture the perfect video the perfect everything and then people are going to sense it and they're going to be like they're actually going to distance from you in a way if you get what i'm saying yeah yeah so do you ever catch yourself pretending? I do whenever I feel like it usually is when I'm forcing it. Like when I'm, I feel that need of, I need to post something, I need to do something. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And it's funny because I always tell myself, but you're not in the mood. You shouldn't be doing this. Mm. It never works well when I'm not feeling good. It's so crazy how that happens. But yeah, because the thing is, when you're not feeling it, then if you don't get those results, that's when you're going to feel the worst. Yeah, And that's why I try to avoid that. I'm still learning. I'm much better nowadays at like just accepting that I'm not posting, accepting that I just want to have a day off, just accepting that that day is not a good day to be online. Um, nowadays I'm being able to to kind of identify when I'm feeling that way and that I don't want to do it that way that yeah. day um, yeah and that's when sometimes I'll have those moments but it's much rarer nowadays to be honest because I'm just so much more kind of like balanced with it than I used to be I used to be really like uh, just scared of it and nowadays I'm like no, it's fine. It's just, you know, an extension of who I am in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I think that is probably where you should be aiming at. So if for anyone listening to this is like, instead of it being a chore, like something, oh, I have to go, I have to do this post. Oh, I don't want to. I have to write a caption. I have to do hashtags. Like instead of that being the case, it, it just has to be like an extension of self. So the more you just be, let it be natural and not worry too much about all of those things, the more it's just going to be exactly that. And you're going to build a community through it. Yeah. Um, and can I yeah, just add one yeah. thing? I used, I used to talk about social media stuff with a friend that is actually like she owns a company mm-hmm. that helps people with social media. So she pretty much manages social media for companies and things mm-hmm. like that. And the thing that she always says to, to people is like to 
not think of it as like, I need to make this amount of posts and this amount of like data, whatever. Like think of it as like, what is the schedule that works for me? So if you are starting this, just think of if I, if what, how, what works for me is posting once every 15 days, as long as it's something that you can stick to and you can like make that little commitment and make it natural, that is good. It's good enough because it's what works for you. It's better than you thinking of it. I'll post five times a week, every week, and then you're giving up the second week. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's all about balance and finding that. So bringing the conversation back to living abroad or living in a foreign country and just pulling everything together about what we said about being ourselves, about accepting that we're not always going to be perfect of course, if you go to another country and you just find this in traveling, you are not going to do everything correctly. You're going to do things wrong. Even like yeah. for me, I haven't gone from South Africa to England where South Africa is an ex-colony. So I was like, how different can it be? <laughs> and then you get here and you're like, you just say things and people look at you strangely and you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and you know, like that kind of thing. Um, do you ever find yourself worrying about what others think in a like a cultural sense so you building a music career in England does that expectation ever play a role and does it affect you as an artist at all the fact that you you've got a different cultural background it really did at the beginning definitely like a lot it affected me a lot at the beginning because it's natural that when you move to a different place even like growing up, you want to feel like you fit in, like you mm -hmm. want to feel like you belong, like people like you, like they want to be around you. So it's like that feeling of how am I going to do this here? And what if I'm just very different and nobody gets me? Um, so I used to feel that way a little bit. Just trying really hard to fit in was like difficult because I was just so focused on how people perceived me mm -hmm. and how to fit in and how to be like other people yeah. but that really changed um in the past like year and a half I would say because I had like moments where I felt really lonely and really like I don't know if this is the right thing to do I don't know if I'm you know, I don't know if it, there's something wrong with me. I used to like question all these things. And when I hit like, like that moment in my life and I was just feeling so self-conscious of everything, I realized that the key to this was not trying to fit in, yeah. was just accepting who I really am and going with it and feeling strong in myself first, like feeling okay. If there's only me, if there's no one around what am I making for myself? Where is like, what is that's going to make me happy? And just go from there to then accept that at some point, the people that are right, that will understand you, that will click with you, will kind of show and be around yeah. you eventually and be part of your life. That really happened to me. Like I really just found a lot of people that I love, that are my friends here and that really click, that really understand me. Um, people who are quite like, like sensitive and, and emotional and almost Brazilian in a yeah, way. Yeah, because there's like a big difference. If you think of the like stereotypes, yeah. the Latin character is yeah. like, you know, very outgoing, very open. 
laughter, enjoy yeah. life, exactly, <laughs> relax. We and then that stereotype. The more, <laughs> the more like English stereotype is like reserved and you yeah. know complete opposite. <laughs> everything's structured. Everything's like you know works in a certain way. I didn't think I could find people that would be more like Brazilians mm-hmm. because I had that stereotype. But it was also because I was just trying so hard to make anyone that I would see in life be that person. Yeah. It's just not fair when you're comparing it and you're thinking it that way. So it was like, no, like I just need to be myself. And if I'm myself, I will attract the people who are like me. And that would just happen naturally. And I'm so glad that I did that because that's when things started going right. Like things started to feel good. Um, Yeah, so I definitely kind of, did that at the beginning but not anymore like nowadays I'm like I'm just like content with things I think you just learn because I was like that as well like at the start I was didn't really like I was very conscious of the fact that okay well I'm obviously I'm not English but (laughs) (laughs) now I'm just like very much comfortable with the fact that I am not English (laughs) so just keep that in mind like you know I've got Dutch blood German blood (laughs) it's gonna get a mix (laughs) um yeah so yeah can you give us one piece of advice just to finish the episode before we get to the end of the wall (laughs) um one piece of advice on how we can come overcome one of these barriers that we discussed so if you want to focus on just being you um, not trying to be perfect, whichever one really resonated with you? Um, I think overall, just like, be honest with yourself first, be really in touch with how you feel with the things you want in your life, because that is the main thing. Like, you just want to get to the end of it and feel like you've done what you wanted. And like, and that will attract the right people that will make you feel confident to do social media to to find a career that you want to do whatever you want so it's like just find that strength to be honest first with yourself and feel strong in yourself that you have that you know that you know what you want and you are happy with your choices and that will guide a lot of the other things as you go that's what I'm finding with my life Um, if I have the right intentions in my head usually things just they work well in the end you know yeah so yeah I think that's like the biggest advice I could give the best advice I could yeah. give I suppose <laughs> to people definitely well awesome thank you so much for joining me today Nadeja oh thank you for having me <laughs> so this is your really moment nice. where can people find out more about your music and uh, get in oh, touch yeah. and uh, you did mention a pre-save I believe <laughs> true if you want to if you want if you're listening to this and watching and there is still an opportunity to pre-save my track that's gonna come out soon please do if it's already out then go listen to it it's called bittersweet move um i'm not deja and everywhere i'm not deja music so it's quite easy because nobody seemed to have this name and be a musician so yeah just just put nadeja music and you'll find everything okay i'll definitely include uh, all your links in the show notes so people can just follow that thank you okay time for the end of the world oh god this is the part i'm scared of. <laughs> that's why it's called the end of the world it's the answer to life the universe and everything it's the end of the world <laughs> surprise question you 
can only take one traditional English food with you mm. to the new planet um, that can be remade there. Otherwise, the rest of the food is probably just going to be like worms or some unknown thing. What is this one dish that you're taking with you? It could be like a full, like a full meal, or is it like like the ingredients to make it? So if it's like, oh, wow, if we go fish and chips, you you get to take I don't know some fish that you can <laughs> you cook know, there, cook there, and some potatoes and stuff. Yeah, I would. Oh God, this is tough. I was going to say like the ingredients to do Yorkshire pudding because it's my favorite, but also <laughs> that wouldn't be very nutritious. <laughs> If it's the only food. Well, there'd be worms as well or some alien type food. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I could. Yeah, maybe that. Even like actually fish from the fish and chefs would be really good because I love fish. I love seafood. So that would be good. I could cook fish and have some worms as a side. <laughs> That's a lot of protein. Okay. True. Hmm. What's the strangest tradition in Brazil? That one is so hot because I genuinely don't know what's the strangest, but um, probably people say that is weird that we shower a lot um, because we just love showering, <laughs> which is such a weird thing to say, but we just love it. Like we do, we we just sometimes take three showers a day, especially if you're, if you're from a hot area of Brazil, then you will just shower constantly. And it's this thing of like, showering is not just about cleaning yourself. Mm. It's about kind of recharging. We have this kind of thing that comes, I think, from our indigenous people, that if you are, the water is kind of running, you're kind of like washing away your, you know, the stresses of life, almost like you're recharging. Mm -hmm. Um, So we tend to, you know, when people are like, I'm just going to have a cup of tea for any single situation. Like if it's a happy situation or a difficult situation, British people will be having a cup of tea. I think for us, it's like, I'm just going to take a shower. That's how we And you hope there's a shower around. (laughs) Yes. I'm just going to take a shower and just recharge. Yeah. So that's something we do that people might think is a bit too much. But we also just have a lot of really weird food as well. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) Next, we'll do a podcast on the traditions of Brazil. (laughs) Yes. What important truth do very few people agree with you on? I genuinely cannot come up with anything besides eggs and I'm really bad at This is a very food-themed end of the world. <laughs> I know, like, I'm really sorry. I know this is not important um, in society. in are you talking any about? It's <laughs> But it's genuinely an issue. A lot of people love eggs. They love eggs that are not very well cooked. In different formats, in like sauces and like, I don't know, just on their toes or something. And for me, eggs. I thought you said on their toes. <laughs> oh, toast. Yeah, toast, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. But like for me, it's like I need eggs to be so well cooked, like to death. It needs to be cooked. And if it's not cooked, I won't eat it. And if I have any suspicions that it's not cooked, I will just not be able to handle it and also it's like something I want to have from time to time like not all the time just because I'm so weird about the consistency of it and the look of it is just and nobody agrees with me on this (laughs) people seem to love eggs and I'm just like really weird about it I just oh no I don't know if I should say this one though (laughs) there is another thing (laughs) this is so bad though (laughs) go on there is another thing that I disagree that's not important either (laughs) 
<laughs> people seem to like really love kissing i is think this the like polite kissing <laughs> <laughs> i mean like any kissing i think is overrated <laughs> there is something really weird i think this is kind it. of important because this seems to be something humans do <laughs> i know yeah. yeah and for someone that is so like yeah community everybody like i am It yeah. might be weird, but I find it weird to kiss. I don't know. I just always wondered what if it was something else? What if with kissing was just, I don't know, touching noses or something like that? <laughs> you know what Sorry. I mean? Because I don't like kissing so much. I'm just a weird person in that way. I don't know why. I just think it's weird. <laughs> I think you're that weird. I think most people just do it because that's what you have to do to like show love that you're in love or whatever. So. Sure. <laughs> that's definitely not a popular opinion so there you go <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> all right what would you do tomorrow if you were 20 braver eat eggs and kiss somebody <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah i would eat some raw eggs i'm joking no i would never do that <laughs> i think if i was 20 braver, i think something that i wanted to do for a long time and i've never done it and Since I moved here, something that's always in my mind is like, I would love to just take a good chunk of time free um, and travel around Brazil and like the areas that I've never been, like the mm. Amazon forest area and the, the north of Brazil, especially I've never been to the north of Brazil. There is just so much about like w sometimes when you're out of your country, you just feel like more intrigued about the people that came before and like the traditions and the indigenous people and everything all of that I would love to learn more about in like not only in the books like I did my whole life but actually go see it and experience it I mean it's just something that for some reason I never really I just never done it just never really worked towards it and never planned anything but I would love to just kind of explore it yeah It, just explore the world to be honest but right now I kind of would really love to explore that area of Brazil mm. yeah no I totally understand that feeling of just wanting to to know your country once you've left it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thank you once again Nadeja thank you thank you so much for having me it's mm. been really lovely to talk to you thank you guys Same. for listening and watching <laughs> <laughs> thank you That's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And what an incredible interview. Nadeja had such great things to share. And I mean, I absolutely cracked myself up re-listening to some of the questions we had. Big, big announcement. The video version of this interview will go live on my YouTube channel, not on the day of the podcast release, but later on. And this is going to be a much bigger focus for me now on. If you have not checked out our YouTube channel yet. It's Simply Creators Broad at the moment. This might change in the future, but if you follow me on Instagram, you can stay up to date with any changes and any new content. I hope to see you around on either of these. Leave a comment, let me know that you've listened. And of course, if you do need help with anything related to podcasting and videos, video casts included, let me know. I've got a really nifty roadmap and you can find everything that I've spoken about, all the links, roadmaps, etc. at creatorsabroad.com. Make it happen. And of course, join me next time for more narrative journeys of creators abroad. <laughs>